Like what's what's that like baboon or whatever that has the big nose thing that hangs down? That's what I'll look like. Your microphone, get your microphone attached yeah. to your face. The maybe baboon. maybe a, a hat with a little thing that hangs it right in front. <laughs> like a beer koozie hat. Then, like, then no matter what you do, like you look out the window, you're still talking into the microphone. It just yeah yeah it's like one of those. Of course, uh, I'll be like in the jerk. I'll become cross-eyed because I'll be staring at it in the. It's like uh yeah it's like it's like those those uh the two can beer koozies right. the, the, the straw except it's the one down the middle right kind of thing except it's a microphone yeah For the modern man yeah it's the modern man um and it could be sponsored by Budweiser or something I don't know oh well then that plenty of money in that right you just you'd be looking at the you'd be turning your head to look out the window at your sweet new car <laughs> you can you can afford because you're sponsored by Budweiser my my Lambo. Goodness, this is uh, Mark Dustin. Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, this is Kevin Ballman. Um, we don't know what to call this still, so no. we'll get there. Yes. All things in time. Eventually, when when we uh, as we were, were as we were discussing earlier, our, our lives get put on pause by our children. So when my kids in college, we'll we'll come up with a name for right. the podcast. That's only ten years from now. That'll be his first dissertation, right? That's what he'll do his his college. <laughs> by then, they'll say thesis. podcast. Oh. oh, that was so two thousand and twenty. <laughs> podcast, it'll be a whole different thing. What are you talking about? Podcasts? Yeah, those are for like old people. Yeah. I'm, my dad really likes podcasts. We're doing radcasts now, Dad. That's right. They're way cooler. You it get just them gets projected straight into your, into your brain. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You're, the thought is put straight into your head, <laughs> as though it never happened. Yep, it'll be the new form of advertising too. It's going to be awesome when you way walk. Better. Whenever you walk past a bar, they're just going to project a little coupon, you know, for five dollar pints. Well, by then it'll be ten dollar pints. It'll just, be Mar- it'll just be Mark Zuckerberg, right? Just say like in your brain like that's what you everything will be yeah whoever comes up with that that's going to be the next advertising platform a little but you know they already have that um can't remember what they call it it's some kind of uh it's a service that that um basically when you walk by stores Mm -hmm. they uh have these things that will allow ads to show up on your phone really you probably i imagine at this point you have to sign up for it and there's probably some reason for you to want to do it you know to get coupons or something yeah like well that. that would be the thing that'd be the draw right to right. have some oh i'm gonna do it because when i go into the, my grocery store all of a sudden i get all these coupons and it already knows what i want to buy because it knows better than i do what i need at my house oh and my smart refrigerator tells me like what i'm low on right and, and it, we just watched elf yesterday again and and i could just imagine buddy you know this would be perfect for that kind of person just walking down the street and it would be like he'd have to go into each store and buy something because he'd be laughing you know he'd be so excited oh my gosh oh. i'm saving more money again oh yeah yeah, yeah just yeah. going and buy Ooh, and come out with you know like a 12 pack of something and then in the next store he'd come out with toilet paper and then the next one he'd come out with you know well because you need all this stuff right Kevin. you need it all everybody needs all this stuff but and then of course at the end is a coupon for a storage unit I think the great, tr- you, right, storage units are probably one of the most, and I've had them, so I'm not. Yeah, well, so so have we. Yeah, I'm, it is, they're one of the most decadent things because how long, I wonder, I bet there's 
someone's done the math on this, like how long do most people pay for their storage units beyond the value of everything in the storage unit? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, okay, because everything... there's probably a lot of garbage in there, right? Oh, Just yeah. worthless stuff. If you calculate the collective value of everything in the storage unit, it's three grand, right? And so, so the storage unit is $200 a month or whatever it is. And you've been paying for it for seven years. Yeah. Pretty so, soon. Yeah. You could have, you could have burned it all. Yeah. And then bought it all. Yeah. Well, you burnt, you might, if you had insurance out on that too, you'd have, you'd come out and come out ahead. I will admit because I don't, I don't like stuff really. And we've, we've talked about that before. A lot of people can't get rid of their stuff, you know, and that's why I think storage units are so, so popular. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what we should do instead of having a podcast really is we should open storage units. It's a really good idea. We'd be much more, much wealthier. We could use one of the storage units to do a podcast from. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. We could kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. But, um, we had one over last summer because we sold our house and, and, you know, did the van life. Yeah. Uh, uh, like everybody does these days. And so we stuck all of our belongings from the house into the storage unit. Mm. And I think we were maybe like a month into this van life. And I just, every night thought, I hope that damn thing burns to the ground. I used to say the same thing about a garage <sighs> I used to, and a house I used to rent. <laughs> you swear to God. Yeah. I just wanted it all to go away. Yeah, yeah. It would just be like, be, uh, yeah, we lost a whole bunch of really, you know, nice mementos and whatnot, but uh, what a load off my shoulders. You just, then you can move anywhere Yep, and you just start over. Well, and that's exactly, that was exactly my mindset, which is basically so much stuff wasn't, we had been moving from place to place because we were renting and we had moved out of a rental that we had moved fully into, like unpacked, hung artwork and all of that stuff. And then the owners decided they were coming back from where they were living unexpectedly and we had to move out. And it became, and and so pulling all that stuff off the walls and patching and doing all of the things, when we got to this next place, which I didn't really like very much, Kananu was semi-temporary, although we were there for two years, I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not, but they had a big garage. So left tons of stuff in the boxes. And I started to realize I would go in there and be like, if I, most of this stuff's in boxes. So if I can't actually see it, I won't miss it. I don't remember I have it. Yeah. So if you were to like, if we were just to take a match to this garage, I might remember like five things. Now on the line, I'll be like, where's my, and yeah. then it would be like, ah, oh, it must've burned up in the garage and I might miss it. But in the end, I don't think I'd have really been at much of a loss for any of it. We still have things in uh, my in-laws basement from our wedding yeah. that we've never used. Yeah. That are still in the boxes as gifts. I'm not going to say which things they are. Cause I don't want any of my family members to have their feelings hurt sure. for having bought me the most amazing, right. whatever that I never used. A, a ceramic l- raclette maker. Yes. And there were some things like that. So, yeah. mm-hmm. but I mean, even like, I don't think we even have all our dishes still. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that that's the great shackle. I mean, we're told we need these things. You know what? But but I, I actually should, I should take some of that back. We, in many ways, a lot of this stuff is like the smartphone. We don't need it, but society requires us to have it in, in a way. Not right. all of it, of course. But there's a certain amount of like keeping up with life. And of course, you have to have something to sit on and things like that. But... 
I think that, yeah, I mean, taking stock of, I think one thing I would like to do more in my house, because now I own my house, I would like to do, I'd like to have some things built in, like shelves and things like that, because as soon as they're built in, they're not, it's not stuff anymore. It's part of the house. Right. You know what I mean? You're it's never like, going to take it with you. Yeah. It's not coming with me. It's right. not like something I'll eventually move to another corner or get sick of. It's just, they're going to, it's going to stay like shelving and things like that. One of the things that I think um, stresses me out is books because I love them. Yeah, me too. And I hate to move them. Yeah. They're, it's like one box of books is you now need two people to lift it. It's yeah. like, oh, this, this has, you know, 18 books in it. It's 87 pounds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I'm somebody too, who likes to actually own books. I don't, I don't like, I don't do the Kindle or iPad reader type book reader things. Um, so I'm, I'm like that too. So I like to actually have them. So I think it's one of, it's definitely an, a, 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 books are probably one of the biggest things that makes me want to die in the house I own. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm not moving the books. Yeah. So I guess I'm not moving. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Cause yeah. I like the books. I'm not moving because I can't move these books again. Yeah, it's true. It used to be books and CD collection. Yes. But the CD is no longer required. Uh, I just put the CDs up on the top of the new shelves on the wall behind me. There you go. And Shelby said, why don't we get rid of those? Why? And yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, we should. Well, but I, so I think a lot about books in the sense that, um, so the way I look at books is I want, I think that because, you know, Kevin and I here, we, we both have uh, young children and we think about this sort of thing. Like, how will my kids know me? Now, I'm not, well, with any luck, I'm not going to die anytime super soon. So they should get old enough to like be moved out and maybe have a semblance of who dad was. I'm not like a, I'm not like an indistinct personality. Like I'm not, there's not all this stuff hidden. Um that they wouldn't sort of know on the surface, but books are a big part of it. So they'd be like, was, you know, when they inherit my library, I want them to be able to say, I knew my dad. I'll know my dad through my book, his books, you know, but all romance novels. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Louis L'Amour. Yeah. Anything with an airbrushed sort of lioness. Fabio like- on the cover. Wasn't that right? Yeah. Any man that looks like a lot, li- a bit like a lion. Yeah. Yeah. He's maybe a little pumped He's up. He's a nice mane. Yeah. <laughs> with a mane. A man with a mane. <laughs> from Maine. That's where I'm from. Yeah. A man with a mane from Maine. <laughs> I only like romance novels set in Maine. <laughs> it's very, very niche. The- yeah. It's very niche. <laughs> Um, and I like art books, so they're extra heavy. Yeah. Those are- and, and, and then of course you don't want to get rid of them cause you're like, and the problem with art books is I'm like, don't touch them. You might tear the page. Yeah. You might tear the page. Right. Yeah. You get a Tashin book, a beautiful Tashin book yeah, and, you're yeah. and you're like, I can't, ah! you know, and you're like, I just want to, my kid just wants to cut it up and make a, a, a collage. And you're like, that would be really great, but don't touch that book. It don't costs $65. It. That's right. And, uh, that, that architecture one they had a few years ago, that was like, um, I think it literally was something like 75 pounds. Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, huge in in all dimensions. They have the sort of like, they had that, they had the original Muhammad Ali book that was the size of a desk. And you actually had to have a, a display. Like you need a special desk for your book. Yeah. And you know, the turning the pages would take two hands or something like that, that was the original. I mean, it probably cost. You hire somebody with white gloves to turn the pages yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. Because you can buy a $4,000 right. book of Muhammad <laughs> Ali. Exactly. But, but the other thing that, but sadly, um, the other thing, the other thing that would sort of identify me to my children later in life would be my music collection. Yes. But I'm over it with the music. Cause I mean, if books are heavy records, vinyl is stupid heavy. 
You know, and that that always reminds me of one of my favorite movies, High Fidelity. Yeah. And when you see that just enormous collection and he's like rearranging it and stuff, he's decided yeah. to have a new, you know, order for the... Like for by the, emotion yeah, or something like that. Right. Emotional. I don't know what it was, but... The, 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 the pitch of the first note of the first song of each album. No, I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah, from yeah, low yeah. To high. Right. 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 But yeah. Well, that would be one, right? <laughs> right. It's, it's alphabet alphabetical based on the, like the, the, the first song That's right. on the, these are all the, they all start a. with an a note. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but that, when I see that, it's one of those things where, um, it's both, wow, that's amazing. I wish I had that in my house. And then I also think, Thank God I don't have that in my life. Yeah. Because what a nightmare. I mean, and if you go to move that album collection, yeah. you are just going, nobody, like, you can't just hire some, you know, guys for 15 bucks an hour to come in and carry all the stuff out there. You'll end up with a bunch of ruined albums. Oh, yeah. You got to, yeah. And anything gets wet, anything happens to it, they get warped. You have to, you have because you actually also have to think about, you know what? You know you put them in a cardboard box, and you don't pull it out of that box. After right. it, soon enough, the 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 weight will lean against one side of the box, and it'll slowly warp the records. There's so much to think about. So that's why I'm gonna probably die in the house I'm in. Yeah. Purely because of books. Although I, I do have some records. I but the problem with the album thing is that I've, or the, even even CDs, is that there's I'm. I'm like you, I devour a huge amount of music. And right. we've talked on the podcast about some stuff we're interested in. And um, and obviously there's a lot of new stuff we're interested in too. But the thing is that I can't keep up with that. I mean, not only can I not afford it, I also don't want to go through the effort of, this sounds terrible. I wish I want, we talked, we also have talked off, I think off um, microphone about, about process. We like process. You like right. the process of making coffee. Yeah. I love the process of going and putting a an album on like it's like an actual vinyl record on, but the amount of time that takes out of my life, the amount of energy it goes to go up to a shelf, find what you want, walk down. I would love to live that that life. I don't live that. I don't get to live that life anymore. I don't even feel like I can do that with CDs, and it's even easier with a CD because you put it in and then you just pick whatever track you want. You just push a button, but it still is okay. Yeah, I wanted to hear three songs off of this one. Mm. Now I got to eject the CD, put it back in the case, go rummage around for the other one yeah. again. And, um, you know, with things like Spotify or YouTube or whatever, now I can just search for it and there it is and just start playing it. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, it's both, a kind of a, a plus of the technology we have, but it's also a minus mm-hmm. because there's so much less intention with things and you don't have to put much thought or energy, energy into things. Yeah. You can just kind of, and you can, and then I think we just cram more and more stuff into our lives. Well, and into our brains, because as you, now, in, in this case, it might be something of a positive, but um, we all know that the internet and, and all of our devices and stuff are just rapidizing sort of our intake and ingestion of media and everything. It's all flashing lights and they're really fast. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to what we're talking about here in music and being able to use some sort of platform to do this, if you think about the amount of albums, even the coolest, you know, Rolling Stones, you know, whatever writer back in the day would be able to listen to in a day or variety of music. Um, I can do that by 
like so much faster, I think. And I'm probably, I can probably intake so much more music in a day than the average person because every 30 minutes getting up, flipping a record, right. sitting down. And then, and then, you know, me, I can just start a playlist. I can do whatever and it'll just go, 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 go endlessly. So. Yeah. We get up in the morning and uh, sometimes we'll listen to some news or whatever, but pretty quickly somebody's streaming something to the stereo mm-hmm. and then the music goes all day mm-hmm. until we go to bed. Yep. Same here. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes all three of us are, or, or, uh, you know, if, if Alexander's in school, the, the other two of us, Shelby and I are streaming our own things. And mm-hmm. of course, since we all mostly sit in front of computers nowadays alone, you can just listen all day while you work. Yeah. And that just goes on too. Yeah, that's what I do. I mean, I I started, you know, I start the music as soon as I mean, I wake my kids up with music and then um, uh, as an alarm and then and I choose a song, a different song every day to kind of roll them out of bed. And then I just roll into KEXP or a playlist and it just we just sit on it all day. Yeah, it's great. You know, um, we should move on. But um, it does. uh, I don't know. Let's move on. I already forgot. It's something about having too many things going. Oh, um, you know, do you remember you? I'm sure you do. But what it was like before we had uh, access to all, all of this yeah. music. And I remember going to, you know, either whether it was a big box, you know, Barnes and Noble or Borders or our local, uh, you know, a record store or whatever. And they would have the headphones and listening stations. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you could go scan any cd and it would play yeah like almost all of them were yep. in a library yeah and we used to go spend hours to pick oh, yeah. out one new cd yeah to take uh-huh. home and so the the process of discovering the music was much more intentional and you had to really you would listen to all the way through the album or or at least parts of every song because you're like if i'm going to spend 14 bucks oh, and yeah. two hours to get a new cd I don't want a mediocre one. Yeah. I want a good one that I'm going to listen to for years. Well, it was super cool too, because although it's very different today, you would go, you'd get dropped off by your mom at like the mall on like a Friday night. The mall. Or yeah. And then you and your friends would meet up with other friends and bounce around the place and you'd be looking for something to do the whole time. You might have, if you're lucky, you might have 20 bucks in your pocket. Right. Normally not. So you couldn't blow it all at once. You had to like. Yeah. And you had to eat something too. Yeah. And, and. Uh, I was one of the kids who rarely probably had 20 bucks in my pocket, but yeah, when I did, same. um, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to do that. I wanted to have the full experience. So yeah, I go. And of course, you know, ravenous about music. You're going to like go yep. and spend, yeah, you're like say two hours listening to music. I, I often would, I would go through all the sales stuff first because since, you know, I, my parents weren't just like, Hey, here's a bunch of money going to the mall. It was like, Hey, I, I worked, you know, several days this week and I have 20 bucks. If I could get two CDs well, instead and, of one because they're on sale. And since you're such a huge fan of polka music, yes. that's always on sale. Right. It was always on sale. Four for the price of one, not 12 for the price of one. A Tijuana Brass, too. That was a, a, a <laughs> right. favorite. Yeah. I'm a Gregorian chance man right. myself. <laughs> All right. So that was that was our intro. There it is. And we're going to start the show now, right? Is there a show? Oh, <laughs> we're done okay we're done all right let's go have Hungry. some whiskey good night <laughs> yeah there you go um 
I have, uh, I, I'm going to throw this at you because we're talking history here. We're talking fun history. British Paith, um, and I and I believe I am pronouncing this well, has this, anyone should go to this this YouTube channel called British Paith. They do so many really, really cool, such cool, beautiful visuals of like 50s lifestyle and things like that. And there's all sorts of stuff there. But one thing I got, what I came up with was, uh, when we're talking about houses where we want to, where we live and all that home on wheels is one of their, uh, one of their topics. And it's, and it's this really well produced, um, basically like a, I don't know if it's a journalistic or probably a marketing advertising pitch for, you know, British people moving to mobile homes. Oh, you sent that to me yeah. a couple of weeks ago and yeah. that was like Shelby a, and I sat down and watched that. We were like, this is fantastic. Like a, and when I looked at it, I was like, if I have that garden, I, live there I would live in that mobile home too. Totally. And they were sitting outside their mobile homes in their like finest clothes, yeah, smoking yeah. a pipe and reading the newspaper yeah. with like a full, with like a with like a with like a cocktail, right? Like a real like a, with like a long, tall glass full of ice and like a straw. It was like it's like it's like, it's like, it's perfect. That is not the Amer North American mobile home experience it's for the not. most part. Yeah, it's not. That's not the way it looks. Yeah, I, and I have nothing against mobile homes. I think no. you know whatever. I, I I would live in a mobile home. I I have. They're, if if it's all right, it's all right. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, I don't have does what it does. My grandparents retired to a mobile home in Florida, but it certainly, but it was definitely not that video. No, because I think that the the great mistake of the mobile home is well, after like, of course, I'm sure there's more quality types than others, but but um, the great mistake is not as if you don't. Well, not I shouldn't say mistake because not everybody can afford the same thing. But like, if it's not on your own land, yeah. And and now I know there's a big a big thing that has has happened recently is that people discovered how profitable it could be to own, you know, buy, sell, own uh, mobile home parks. Right. And so people who this used to be an affordable way to own something. Mm -hmm have been the rent on their plot has either gone through the roof or people both jack up the rent for several years in a row and then just sell the land. Yes. There was like an article or something, but I think we probably stumbled across the same probably. thing because there's, there are of course, like most things in America, eventually some corporation starts buying these markets up and realizing there's a, and they have to profit. Yep. So what they do is what, what the mob the problem with the mobile home, which is, which is not as shockingly highlighted in this British Paith, beautiful right. 50s colors and, and really, really fun oh, yeah. um, uh, video is the fact that what that they don't move. And, and they do say, uh, what did they say in that video? They said mobile homes that are going to be stationary or something right. along those lines. And we, we cracked up because that's really, unfortunately, they're called a mobile home, right. but they're really mobile once. Yes, they're mobile ones, and because it costs a lot of money to move them, and um, and I mean, in some cases, they can't. After a while, they can't be moved. Sure, they, they may have wheels and an axle underneath them, but you can't actually move no. this thing. And so, what ends up happening is that you end up owning this thing, and now you're paying sort of condo style rent in, and, and they're jacking it up, and now you can't afford, and that's becoming a huge problem for. And you can't people. now you can't sell it, and if they sell the property. And they say you have thirty days to move this thing. Yeah, I mean it could cost you, I don't know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to move your mobile home. You might not have 
be able to come up with that money. Well, absolutely. I mean, think about the fact that you, yeah, maybe you, maybe you bought this for 30 grand, let's just say, right. um, and you're paying lot fees of maybe 300 bucks a month. Let's just as an example, and you're getting by and you're doing okay and it's working out, but then someone comes along and buys this plot and this whole, the whole mobile home park. And they say, okay, cool. Well now it's going to be 600 bucks a month or 700 bucks a month. And you have to come up with that for us. And it's a corporation who's trying to get their money back and profit. And you, and they go and you say, well, I, I can't come up with that much money. And they're like, well, then you could sell your home or you could move it. It's like, I could sell my, I don't want to sell where I live. This is where I've been living here for a long time and I can't move it. It's like literally moving into a, a closed community, gated community with, with houses, with foundations and someone coming in and saying, well, we bought it and it's going to double your right. your HOA. I can't afford it. Well, then you can sell your house or you can move your house. I can't right. move the house. And and even if like the house, like you said, it might not physically be able to be moved anymore. Yeah. And even if, if it could be moved. And so you say, well, maybe I'll sell it to somebody. Who's going to buy an old used mobile home for anywhere close to what you paid for it yeah. and then pay to move it to a right. new place? And right. It, or move in with the with the expense of the new HOA fee. Right. Now, okay, well, yeah. But so now what you end up having to do is you end up having to sell it for a loss if you're lucky with to somebody who's also in a bind but is willing to like suck up the HOA. Right. Because then and it really is becomes a low income trap. Yeah, it's and I've I maybe one of these articles that that I read over the past couple of years talked about how people were starting to share mobile homes because it was getting too expensive. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of, I mean, you could do that, but generally mobile homes were for, you know, family members or you weren't usually getting a mobile home and then, you know, how mobile house hacking, as they call it, where you rent out every room in your mobile home yeah. to pay the site fee. But it's, I guess it happens now. It's sad because, you know, it does, it does illustrate one of those things that's, that's sad about, about sort of human beings is that something, com- the, the video we're talking about here is, is actually pretty great. And I think you could have had that lifestyle and people probably did for a while. Sure. And then, and then it, and then it changes and, and there probably are places still to this still. day that are, I think certainly, as I said, loaning your own land would help, but, um, but you know, I mean, eventually it gets co-opted, and hopefully uh, you get away with it. But but a lot of people don't. It's really yeah. sad. But this video, British British Paith, they do these beautiful videos. It's super cool, and uh, I highly recommend it. And ignore the fact that eventually those mobile homes will be rotted out, and you can't use them, and the land will be <laughs> some land will I be think the thing is, the rent. put the mobile home on your own land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and 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 it should be like if and you should be incinerated it on your like uh, if i ever have one right. that's going to be the cask my casket that's right i'm gonna be i want this to be incinerated i want to be incinerated in this in in the mobile home yeah right yeah it's what i want yeah it's gonna just like just 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 burn me and then and and all your records and all your books and all the records all the books you don't have to move anything <laughs> yeah or just drag it drag it on its wheels to like a dump and just roll it off right, the side. Shove it off the side. Of, and just let it tumble down. Which would actually be kind of a cool way to watch Dad go. It would be really way. It would be a very Hunter S. Thompson way to right. go to do something like that. Mark was in there. He was oh. in there, man. Hey, there's we shot. We put it. No, no. Get Elon Musk to launch it into space. <laughs> Get Elon Musk to stick your mobile home on the top of a rocket and shoot it. Into Video sp- cameras everywhere. Right. And just you. 
just floating dead. And then they have to put your... a camera on it so that people can log in and check on the mobile See where home. you are. Yeah. Mark just passed Mars in his mobile home. Right. With his books and his records. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great idea. It is a great idea. I think we're going to start a new business. Yeah. I mean, you know, people do all sorts of things with their... There's those cocoon things you can put yourselves in. Yeah. And yeah, you decompose and can you turn be, into human soup or something? Oh, I'm not we, really sure. You know, we had our dog, uh, our dog Aspen, mm-hmm. who was an incredibly high maintenance dog. Sure, and uh, we loved him, but he just was way too stressed out with such a large family. I mean, with everyone going in different directions, he's a right. hurting dog. And um, we rehomed him, and we found a really, really lovely woman who was just single and and no kids and stuff, and just desperately wanted to to exercise her dog and she just was passionate about him she got a tattoo the first week with his face on it right on her leg we weren't even sure if she was keeping him yet because wow that's awesome anyway long story short in in deep sadness um aspen chasing a ball got hit by a car and died um a couple weeks ago so the woman who 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 she 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 um she found a company who will she had him cremated and she had found a company who will take his ashes and make it into like a pendant for, to hang around your neck. And she got it. Apparently she got it made into a pendant. that looks like a hamburger, a hamburger. Yeah. Around her Interesting. Neck. Yeah. So, so you can do this. These are sorts of things you can do in modern era with your ashes. You could have a, yourself made out of a, into a pendant hamburger for your loved ones. I'm, I'm always, you know, trying to think of business ideas and I, I can't, you know, I always come, Mostly come up empty-handed. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm just not thinking outside the box. Well, enough. in the hamburger concept, you have to be two-handed. So right. that's a problem. You're yeah. not using enough hands to come up with your idea. That's right. <laughs> you'd be thinking of pendants made out of hamburgers of cremated pets. I would think that would be kind of heavy. You'd think. Yeah. I wonder how much they pack in there. I was, it must, it must make question. it pretty small, right? Maybe. I don't know. You know, I don't even know. I don't even know how big this thing will hmm. be. Or is. I, I don't know if she's done it yet. I, maybe we'll get a picture one day in the Hopefully. mail. Hopefully. You can share it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had this this thing. Um, I brought this up as well, kind of um, maybe last week or something in, in frustration. Basically, this is, this <laughs> all, is like, like all things that are brought yeah, up. <laughs> frustration. <laughs> you know, what? The, the day before Thanksgiving uh, or no, Tuesday. Tuesday was the last day of school for my son and his... He's, you know, uh, remote learning as are your kids. Yeah. And so it's, you know, Monday through Friday, normally, um, eight 30 till about 12, 12, 15, something like that. And some days he has to get back on for other classes or whatever, but it's usually a half day. And, um, you know, whereas the kids that are going into school, the, the, the hybrid model, they, they have every Wednesday off, but then they had to go till what? 3 PM on mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yeah. But on Tuesday, they got to watch a movie, Night at the Museum, yeah, remotely, and the teacher basically just streamed it on their screen and then did a screen share with all the kids. That's and the great. kids were supposed to be in their PJs, and they were supposed to have their snacks, you know, popcorn or whatever ready. So we had like popcorn and carrots. That's and a lot of fun. He was in his uh, Chewbacca uh, PJs <laughs> and had, you know, lights out and Christmas lights up and and it was looked like so much fun, and I mean, it was it was pretty terrible because you can imagine what it's like to screen share a movie, you know, uh, with a bunch of kids. Yeah. Basically, it just skips and pauses and freezes. It, 
they still liked it. The kids don't seem to care that much. Like to me, that would just be like, I can't, I can't do this. Just turn this off. I'll watch it later. Um, they, they had a great time. And, uh, I took a, So I took a picture of it because I was like, this is so cool. I didn't think anything like what a waste. Why are they watching a movie? Oh, yeah. at school? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, especially cause it's just before the holiday. It's kind of time to let your wa- yeah. brain wind down. It's a little bit of a reward. If the, if the kids, if the class is going fine and the kids are where they should be, I'm like, I, I don't care. Keep them occupied. Um, so I sent that picture to my mom who said, you know, uh, what class is that for? I was like, I don't know all of them. I mean, it's just like a fun day. And she's said <laughs> something along the lines of hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if she, yeah, yeah, we've, we've had, I've had this discussion with her before, so she should know, but, uh, she, they said, uh, or she said, uh, I'm glad they didn't do things like that when you were in school. And I said, Oh mom, we watched movies in school all the time. And I don't mean all the time, but yeah. it wasn't like, yes, we did stuff like this. She even she even called in and told them I was sick so she could take my friend and I golfing. Oh, gosh. So we played hooky to go play golf with yeah. my mom. Yeah. And she's, you know. And she's frustrated. <laughs> yeah. And she's frustrated. So it reminded, and I said, I said, yes, you're right. Uh, or she said, I'm glad you never told me. And I said, yes, definitely kids should not have fun in school. And it reminded me of this whole, I went down this kind of this mental rabbit hole of this. If you might remember, like you probably heard from your parents about how awful things were. Yeah. And they probably had to walk uphill both Mm -hmm. ways in freezing rain to school, even in July. Yeah, of course. And, um, uh, everything was tough and Mm -hmm. very hard and it, I had another uh, discussion when my son was first learning math. Mm -hmm. And of course I didn't know what he was learning Yeah, because I've never used these. They have, you know, all these different concepts they're teaching the kids so that they have different strategies available to them. Say they're doing addition. It's like, well, it's a big number. You could break it down into hundreds, tens, and ones. Math today is so much easier in my mind. Exactly. And so they they teach them different ways. And my mom got frustrated when I told her I had to go on YouTube to see how to help him with his math in like third grade or second grade or whatever it was. And she said, why do they have to change things? And I said, mom, are you you good at math? And she said, no. And I was like, nobody in America is good at math. Maybe we should try something different. Like other countries are better at math. We can maybe look at what they're yeah, doing and try copying it and see if it produces better results. Yeah, of course. And, and if s- they're seeing it produce better results by using that, I mean, why aren't we using that in everything we do? You go see how something's working and shouldn't we adopt anything that's working better? I think that should be the goal right. almost always. Yes. I mean, like if you were playing a sport and the other team creamed you 10 to nothing every game you might go what does the other team do to beat us so badly you don't go well we always did it this way we should never change well you know that's weird because a lot of people do that and it's so counter because in because for so many reasons because they're benefiting from progress right and even even the even the um the thing they're attached to, they're attached to some like, oh, why do we, why do we need to have like, you know, podcasts? Why can't it just be regular radio? Okay, well, radio was 
progress. Right. Because someone is so someone before you came along and said, why do we have to radio? Can't we all just read newspapers? And that that reading newspapers is fantastic. It's so great to read newspapers. But you are the you the, even the things that you are saying we shouldn't change are a result of progress. So, I mean, you we have to progress. Besides, human beings have to use their brains. If you don't make something better than a newspaper over the course of two hundred plus years, then haven't you just stagnated? Isn't human human society? Then what are you doing new? What's allowable? I. I remember um, somebody posting a thing, you know, a bunch of people looking at their phones and, yeah. and people, of course, uh, they're ruining and which I mean, OK, I'm, I fall into this trap, too. Mm-hmm. I'm like too much screen time. Get off. Get off your phone. Get off the computer, whatever. But somebody posted a picture and it was a bunch of, you know, men on the subway or a train or whatever looking at their phones. And then they yeah. showed one, a bunch of men on a train all staring at their newspapers, yeah, exactly. not interacting yeah, yeah, yeah. with each other. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so I did think that was funny because, you know, it reminded me of this. It's kind of this whole, if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you thing, mm-hmm. which I think you have to have that mentality in some ways, you know, yeah. for some things. Like you can't expect everything to always be amazing and better always going forward every single day. But, you know, we have... Cars, right? Plane. I mean, uh, and my great grandmother, who almost lived to 105, saw the invention of everything yeah. that we know of, essentially, yeah. maybe except for the wheel. Yeah. And uh, but aren't we dealing with? Aren't we dealing with? So this is going to be an ongoing problem in humanity because we live longer, right? right. And as we continue to live longer, we continue to stop. It seems like most people, as they grow older, like like pause at a certain point in their life and they're like kind of good from here on out right. but they also have an opinion about what's good for everybody else here on out like yes. the people who come behind them so you're in this position where it's like you know um uh we see things like brexit we see things like who is elected president we see things like politics and stuff and we see this aging populace who has these opinions about something that really doesn't, and I and I say this sort of like thinking about some people who spoke about Brexit, some young people who spoke about Brexit, who were incensed that the older population voted so heavily to leave the EU. Because what that did, and I remember this one woman's quote, I think she is a young woman's quote, said something to the effect of like, but what have you done to us? Right. Like your vote has, you're going to live 10 years, five Right. You're already out of the workforce and you're sentencing us to this for yeah. the rest of my life. I might have 50, 60 years left and I've got to be out of the EU because of your choice. That's right. That's not fair to me. No. Well, and I, I have this discussion because, you know, um, boomers, uh, the silent generation, people who are, uh, you know, a lot of boomers are still in the workforce for sure. But uh, silent generation, even maybe more so than they're out of the workforce and they're generally uh if if things have gone their way they're in retirement um and maybe they still have their health but they don't have to get a job they don't really have to wor- worry that much about the deficit i mean mm-hmm. you know like 
my my uh, you know relatives will say, well, I'm concerned about the debt we're leaving your son. I was like, you should be concerned about the planet you're leaving my son yeah. because we can do something about the debt and yeah. the deficit. Yeah. But if we ruin the planet, that's it's, it's game over. There's yeah. n- this like, what else are we going to do? It's true. So, yeah, I think it's a little disingenuous when when people, um, you know, bring up arguments about the thing they're concerned about, because it's like not not to be rude, but I don't know if we care yeah. what you're concerned about. Yeah. Like, well, can't you just be happy and like read your newspaper and right? Well, because we don't yourself. You're right because we don't know what we should. Let's be honest here. We don't know what we should care about. Right. We don't. We don't know what we should care about for the next generation because 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 our parents could never have foreseen the internet. They could no. never have conceptualized you know Facebook and social media and all of this, or else they would have put safety nets in place to make sure it wouldn't get out of control. But but what we're going through right now with Facebook and all this, this is progress. And I'll even say this, even though I snub my nose at a lot of the social media stuff, but let's let's be honest here. This is reality. This is what is going to happen. Sure. You can get mad. You can watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix and you can, and it's right. It's true. Yeah. This stuff is scary. But all that we're doing when we do this is learning and teaching our children who are going to grow up and go, okay, we're going to fix this. And they're going to be ones that fix this. Now, it's not going to be some like screw turn and they're going to fix it and it's going to be all good. But you even see in this election cycle, they've done a much better job of, of, of keeping influence out. It's still not perfect. Sure. They're going to fix this. So you can snub your nose at progress, but progress always comes with aching, painful transition. Yeah, period. for sure. It's, uh, transitions and... Um, you know, there's a lot of things that most of these technologies seem to be embraced by some cohort, you know, in a, a demographic. Yeah. The, you know, the older you get, it seems like the less likely you are to, I mean, I'm not the one who jumps on everything. No, me but neither. I, but I do adopter. have the opinion like you do that it doesn't matter if I embrace it or not mm-hmm. because my opinion of this technology is mm-hmm. irrelevant. I mean, I thought Twitter was dumb. I thought Facebook was dumb. I, I hate all dumb. those things. Yeah. And yet they're huge yeah. multi-billion dollar businesses. But it does remind me that the whole, if it was good enough for you, it's good enough for me. Reminded me that I want to, maybe I'll end on this one, but basically I, it reminded me of when John McCain mm-hmm. was running uh Gosh, I think it was, maybe it was back with um, Palin. I'm not exactly sure when it was, but I always remember this quote. It always stuck with me. He was in South Carolina at a shuttered mill. I'm not sure what kind of mill. I don't know if it was clothing, because I know clothing was big down there, if it's some kind of other type of mill. Mm. But basically, it was closed, and he was talking to a worker who had lost his job, and the man said, I worked at this mill for 30 years. What is my son going to do? And John McCain said, you know, I would have hoped that we both had higher aspirations for your son. Yes. <laughs> and it always stuck with me because it's, you know, times change yeah. and it's painful, but we don't have an option. You can sit here and fight, you know, say, ah, coal, we're bringing coal back. Mm-hmm. Coal's not, it's not coming back. Like, you right. know, I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. And we got to figure out ways forward always. And I mean... I did software and it's not my favorite thing to do, but it sure beat the heck out of the other things I yeah. was doing or had an opportunity to do. And I learned it because I didn't really see many other 
you know, pass forward. Well, and doesn't doesn't what you just said and what McCain said um, does and 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 kudos to him for having the. Um, we've talked about him. We're, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not typically um, a Republican-leaning person, but McCain, McCain was a very thoughtful person and had a lot of really, really interesting. He was pretty principled, and I think he was pretty consistent with his principles. Yes, yeah. So I, I appreciated that for yeah, sure. Yeah, and and he was what I think that I think that fair enough to say that he 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 did. What American? I mean, he basically lived an American life, in, yeah. in 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 regards to the one that you're supposed to to sort of that the politician is supposed to have lived and to be admirable. Yeah. Whether you agree with his policies or not, that's not the point. Right. He did. He kind of walked the walk, talked the talk, yeah. and deserved uh, and, and and gave back. And yeah. so, what? But what? What that makes me think of is you know that that strange hypocrisy when somebody like an older person, and we're talking about your mom, but it could be anybody. Right. When we leave you, I'm sure I've been guilty of it. Oh, so it sure. says something to the effect of, well, why do they have to change the math? Because changing the math is progress. And we are living in a society, a country, which this is no longer the case, by the way, but but where we are supposed to, and certainly in your mom's generation and, and her parents' generation, we are supposed to, Assume in the American dream that the next generation lives a bet lives a better life than your generation, but that now that's done. That's not happening anymore. But if you think from your mom's perspective, uh, or the pers- I don't mean to, like target your mom, but like from the perspective of like, well, why do they have to change things? Well, but you must change things if people are going to live a better life. Right. So if you were, let's say, in a typing pool in 1950, working at some insurance company. That looks very different. You're a woman. You are sexually harassed 80% of your day. If you come across any males, it's, you know, every male is getting. You're subservient. You're supposed to get the coffee and make the copies. And even if you were supposed to be equal to somebody else and that guy is getting promoted when you are not, even though you do twice the work, all that kind of stuff. We've seen it. We've heard the stories. It's terrible. That progress moves past that, but also the progress of the workplace. The workplace is a different flow to it. Now, instead of working at a factory, your son, your daughter may have the opportunity to work in a an office where they actually, you know, don't breathe coal dust every day and aren't their life their life expectancy is no longer like forty seven before they have black lung or something like that. Right. So, I mean, but it requires the new math and it requires it requires so many things. It requires LGBTQ rights because that's progress. Everything is progress. Progress is, it all folds into each other. We Because so many of those people want better for your son, Alexander, but they also don't want anything to change. Yeah, right. Those two things can't can't work together. Not very to compatible. I mean, when you think about, you know, for instance, um, healthcare, uh, people wouldn't survive cancer at greater rates going forward if we were to say why do we have to change the way we do math (laughs) and science i mean you know the way we treated cancer 20 years ago was fine fine we don't need it was good enough for your grandmother who died of cancer right it's good enough for you Good enough for you right yeah that no for sure i that's the thing i bring up all the time that i am not trying to say that my son should be happier than me people should be as happy as they are i mean it's like you're you're you kind of you kind of make your life 
into something or you don't. Yes. Uh, but I would hope that the things that we have access to, the way that uh, society does things would improve over time. Yeah. And that requires what you're talking about. Improving the way we learn, making efficiencies. I mean, that's just kind of the way things go until you have something really big happen, which I'm sure at some point will happen. Will, you know, a meteor will strike the earth and cause a 10 year winter and half the population <laughs> of the planet will die yeah. and we'll yeah. have no power and it'll be, you know, be but, starting over. But along with, isn't it true though, that along with, um, um, a different generation comes a different generation's concept of happiness. Yeah. Because, and also let's also remember that most people aren't happy. Most adults are not happy. Most <laughs> adults have not lived happy lives. They may have happiness and they sure. may have joy, but most adults, if you look at the resume of your life, you may have lots of lots of interesting things to say, and maybe you got lots of interesting things to do, but there's resentment and there's, and there's frustration and there's some sort of deep seated, you know, it's uh, there's so many things that have gone wrong and people have wronged you and wrong things have happened. And you, you hold, people hold on to that, a lot of that stuff. And hopefully the best, the, the people who are at the best at it do the best to like put that aside and live a happy life regardless. But just because, you know, we all know that for some people, um, the happiest thing you could do in life is work at a company for 40 years, get a gold watch and retire and, 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 and buy that little mobile home with the little plot yep. and sit there drinking the cocktail with the straw in it. And you're the happiest person in the world. And you're just going to die like that. Yeah. Another person couldn't live like that to save their lives. Yes. It, it, it brings up, um, another story that I read and have open right now, which was about the world happiness report. Whoa. And um, so this, I think this started with uh, Bhutan. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. B-H-U-T-A-N or whatever. Uh-huh. But basically not a rich country. And mm. so I, I think it was the 70s. Instead of doing a GDP, gross domestic product oh. report, they started doing a gross national happiness index. That's smart. It's a it's a way to sort of raise their, you know, to sort of raise their 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 sort of like national morale to say, are you we are we what's important here and how are we doing? Like like I personally am not rich with wealth, but I am rich with friends and family yeah. and experiences. So I think that's kind of what this is about. But the U.S. has never made it to the top 10 and people will say, well, how do you measure happiness? That's, you can't measure that. They ask people, mm -hmm. they say, how happy are you? Yeah. And people report it's self-reported. So pretty easy. Uh, apparently we're uh, 19th. So we're, you know, richest close to it, but we're talking about America's 19th and we're not talking sort of like States or regions. Right. Sure and so probably... I'm sure the happiness throughout the country varies yeah. tremendously. Like, I would think in some depressed parts of the country, say, um, say, you know, where industries have, have collapsed, yeah. West Virginia, coal miners, maybe those communities might be very low. I mm -hmm. don't know. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm supposing, right? And I would think that places where people have been able to achieve and succeed the way they want to um, would be happier. Mm -hmm. That's my thinking anyway. I don't know for sure, but it is interesting. And I do wonder, you know, we have a, a big resistance uh, in this country uh, to progress in some ways. Yeah. And I, I can get it, you know, like you lived your life and things feel like they're just rocketing faster and faster. The change just keeps coming though. It's not really, 
right. mean, when you like, what have we had in our lifetimes that is groundbreaking? The internet, the cell phone. Yeah. Pretty much it. And the internet is really at, old and arcane at this point, it, by the we, way. We haven't had anything groundbreaking in over a decade. No. And you look back at, like I mentioned, my great grandmother, I mean, it was the car, yeah. the plane, yeah. space travel, the telephone, yeah. the radio, the television, computers, mm-hmm. the internet. Yeah. I mean, she had all those things happened in her life. It's and, incredible. And all I've seen is the internet and cell phones. Yeah. Smartphones. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And, and I'm, and the, I, well, okay. So that, yes, that's true. That said, I think there's probably a lot of things that we don't immediately know of. You know, we talked about cancer research right. and things like that. There are huge steps forward. Um, AIDS, uh, 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 not cures for AIDS, but certainly treatable, treating right. how we treat disease and illnesses. But again, progress. We're not, we haven't really necessarily had these like, big home run right. like events that the crack of the bat and everybody hears about it. But at the same time, the way we're treating disease and things like that, have, have, the, the mindset has changed dramatically and people are incredible figured out. But also, um, and the other thing I would suggest is, although whether it's good or not, because it feed, it's good with our society because it feeds into the need, sort of like a smartphone, like you have to have it kind of thing. I would say Amazon. Yes. Progress. Now, keep in mind that I I qualify that by saying is sitting at home, being able to buy anything you want, and and, and in cities you can have Amazon, you can have whatever you bought delivered to your house, delivered to your house within an hour. If yeah, you want to, if you're in a sure. major city. But is that progress? Like, is it benefiting society? It's benefiting society based on where society is, because you're so stuck to your smartphone. It's a, it's almost a forced benefit. Like, right. do I really want this? No, but I've got two kids in school and a commute and I've got a job and they expect me 24 hours a day and I'm going to be on my phone at night working and doing this. And yes. This. So therefore I don't have time to go to the store. So it's, it's a benefit because of our, our current, the, the, the grinding world we've built That's for right. ourselves. Yes. But does that actually Rewind it to if you if you look at it from a, a higher platform, make it into a benefit. And and my so guess. then we could go all the way back to my mom and say, why does everything have to change? Why does everything have to change? I mean, so love you, mom. You you might be right on right. this one. I mean that it dri- it drives me nuts that we don't want progress. But on the same hand, too much progress. I think that the definition of progress is maybe what needs to be defined first because Mm. what is progress is progress just always efficiency Mm -hmm. i don't know that that's necessarily progress Mm -hmm. and that's what amazon is and that's what smartphones are it's all about efficiency right i mean now now i can do even more work for more hours of the day Mm -hmm. and i don't know that's progress for jeff bezos sure because he can be a trillionaire or whatever but is that's not necessarily progress for me. It it's it's not necessarily because, but we think it is because it's right. called progress. The t- the term is designed. I mean, it's a it's marketing, right? It's progress. Good, you've made progress. Have I? Because now I don't have time to read at the end of the day. Right. Um. I don't have time to do this or that. That said. I don't want to like pull this make America great thing either and no. say like, Hey, in the fifties you had plenty of time to read because in the fifties there might've been a slice of white male privilege that could read. For but sure. That's the same today too. Let's I'm sure you've seen those little pamphlets about how wives could 
make their husbands' lives better by, you know, having dinner ready when he comes yeah. home and have his favorite drink ready and his newspaper set out, maybe a pair of slippers for sure. him to slip into. And then you might want to leave him alone in his lazy boy for an hour or so while he decompresses from his hard day where he probably yeah. smoked cigarettes in the office while drinking martinis with his, right. with his buddies. Yeah. And, you, yeah. and you sat at home with your... Screaming kids drinking bottles of wine to try and dull the pain. Well, it's all this Dick Van Dyke show, and I love the Dick Van Dyke yeah. show, but it's this Dick Van Dyke show lifestyle where yeah. you, you do get, or or even like, or even Father Knows Best or some of those old shows where, and these are not, people don't live those lives today. You watch a show like Blackish, which is a really great groundbreaking show. It's not, I don't really watch shows like that just because it's, it's I don't really watch network TV, but like, it's a great show, but this is not the way people live. And I have a conversation a lot with my my kids um, who, who, who have snarky comments after watching some of these shows. And, the, and I'm like, hey, also, that's not the way to make people laugh. It's the way people make people laugh on TV. TV's fake. It's all fake. So don't forget that when you're looking into this portal. And, 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 but that is the way people frame the past. They do look through this portal and say into the past and say, I don't know, but I think it was like the Dick Van Dyke show. I think he used to come home and dinner was ready and his wife was really, 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 really sweet. And she worked all day and she was really happy to take care of her child all day and never felt worn out and exhausted and dead inside because she had nothing to feed her right. intellectually and emotionally. Well, you know you know what that reminded me of and I, I, was um, the Rolling Stones' Mother's Little Helper. Yes. Which is really about, you know, like the pres- over-prescribing of drugs Absolutely. to housewives. Valium and yeah, martinis. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're so dead inside, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, right now with, with the pandemic and this remote schooling, I'm usually out here in the office working. Yeah. Shelby's usually inside with Alexander. And it's not fair. It's not. It's really not fair. I mean. It's rough. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. I, I actually listened to a um, a really amazing podcast. It was a ver- it was a weekend edition of The Daily uh, the New York Times podcast, and it was, I think it was called Man to Man. It just came out last weekend, and it was a it was a very, very cool, very, very deep and heavy story about a guy. There's a lot to it. I won't go into all the details. I think people should listen to it, but it's about this guy who had this really major wake-up call when his cousin, they're adults at this point, his cousin who'd been close to him most of his life, who is sort of like filled with toxic masculinity, um, ended up out of the blue one day trying to kill him. Now the cousin had had some things going on. Trying to life. kill himself. No, try to kill the writer of this story. Oh geez. Like his, yeah. So his cousin comes at him one day and just, the guy's a big guy. He was in the military. He was, he obviously was going through a mental breakdown right. and he attacked his cousin just, just relentlessly out of the blue. And the cousin was severely, severely beaten, but it really, he talks a lot in the story about the breakdown of his own marriage because of the pressures of life. He's, he and his wife move to Vermont and they get this farmhouse and they're so happy and they think it's going to all work out. But they, but they have a kid and the kids got colic and they can't pay the bills and he's a writer and he's traveling and he becomes, begins to see the going to his, going on assignment and going out away, you know, as it's a necessary to write, he's trying to write a book and he's going on assignments all over the world. But those assignments become and his own little office become an escape from the wife and the son. And, right. and he, he does a great job of sort of like looking at his place in all of this. Cause of course his marriage has broken down at this point and all of this, but he's saying, 
it, 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 I have to look at how masculinity fed into this. Right. The idea of, although he is a much more forward-thinking, progressive person, at, at, at a certain point in his life he became more so, but he's still sitting there going like, but it all happened right before my eyes. Watching, you know, I accepted that my wife had to have the kids all day. And she was not fulfilled in any way. She was she was suffering, but I accepted this because it worked for me. Right. But at the same time, he was miserable. It's it's yeah. <laughs> so it's a no win situation. But yeah, you know, um, it's it's easy to say. Well, I mean, I have to work. I yeah, and which I do. I mean, I'm right now the one who makes most of the money, so I do have to. But we could certainly change our lives up. We could sell this house. Mm-hmm. We could move to a much cheaper part of the country. Yeah. And I could work a lot less and yeah. she could go get a job mm-hmm. and be out of the house and not, you know, I mean, but it's really easy to say, well, this is, this is the way it is right now. And, you know, I, my hope is of course that the pandemic is ends at some point or, or at least, you know, he can go back to school yeah. because then like a, I'll like still continue to work out here in the office. Well, and it's a unique time. Right. Yeah. But, it, it, tr- but it is true that that could easily happen. You could see, though, even within this unique time where kids are remote schooled, some of them, not all of them, but um, where ours are, you could see how even in without the pandemic, that could become a thing. If you oh, were yeah. going travel, getting on a train every day to go from Connecticut into New York City yep. for an hour each way, and you're blah and blah and blah, and you just stack up all those things, and the house is a million-dollar house, and you got to get that mortgage yeah. done, and taxes are $20,000 mm-hmm. a year, and oh my goodness, and you've built this, the man in his castle nonsense. Right. You've built the castle, but now you got to maintain the damn castle. You got to hold on to the castle because the castle becomes everything because we're going to burn in the, ca- we want to die in the castle with all of our books around us because we don't have to lift, move the books. So therefore like one thing is like stacked up on top of the other. That's a mobile home for the win. It's right the mobile there. home I mean, for the win. Because like get your own piece of property in mm-hmm. your mobile home and, and there, there you go. Now you don't, of course, there's probably no work where you can find property and put a mobile home on it, but um, although nowadays you just work remotely, but it, it, this reminds me of, um, an article that I read. It's, it's not a new article, but I mm-hmm. read it recently. It's called all American despair in Rolling Stone. And it is for, this is their subtitle for the past two decades, a suicide epidemic fueled by guns, poverty, and isolation has swept across the West with middle aged men dying in record numbers. Yeah. And you, it's great cause you can listen to it. They have the little, you know, audio mm-hmm. um, that goes with it, but it's it's uh, it's a really good article. But it, toxic masculinity is a big part of this yeah, thing. It's a big part. They don't want to ask for help. Mm-mm. They are buying tons of guns, mm-hmm. and they are, you know, in a mobile home in out in the Bakken oil field in North yeah. Dakota, and the industry crashed again. Mm-hmm. There's nothing for them to do, and it's just a ticking time bomb. Well, white males are the high white male suicide rate has gone up in this country. Whereas uh, I think all others have either, either all demographic, other demographics have gone down. I mean, uh, um, populations have gone down or, or stayed stable. And, you know, if you, if you look at the, the African-American person in this country, and I'm going to use African-American males as an example. um, It's that idea that if you've, if you never, if, if 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 you've been conditioned to never expect anything, well, then when nothing comes your way, you're not really surprised. There's not like it's not like all of a sudden you're emotionally right. zapped, right? Whereas 
white we're kind of being we're kind of being caught out by our own racism in our in the society that 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 we and and certainly our, our forefathers have created because we all got we were the ones who we were the only ones who were allowed to vote the ones yeah. who own land and the ones who in the beginning right, right. and we're white men white, white males who own land right exactly and, and and then and and really let's be honest they're still trying to oh yeah keep that going oh for sure working their tails off to make sure that only white often men because women tend to vote a democrat right. or not or not the way they try to make sure they don't vote that other anyone votes except for the white men the educate somewhat semi-educated yeah. white men um and it's it's still it's still out there mm-hmm. so if you're a, if you're say a black man and you're saying to yourself well i don't i don't i don't get anything anyway so if something comes my way great but if nothing comes my way that's what i expect but whereas you which is wrong yes but if you're the white male and you're like well but my dad, I mean, I'm supposed yeah. to have all this stuff. I keep being told I'm great. I've been told my whole life. All the TV shows have me on them and all the movies and all the superheroes are this and this and this. And that's the way it's been for so long. Yeah. But that's not my life. Well, and and I mean, that's what, you know, the whole right wing uh, identity politics is about lately. Um, and I say identity politics because that's been a a favorite boogeyman of the right is to say that the left is all about identity politics, but that's exactly what this is, is, is saying that white men are under attack. No, you know, and that the playing uh, field is leveling, right? Well, but they're the victim now. And the expectations have been over, have not been managed. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it'll, it'll eventually, I think get there. Yeah. I think so. As the demographics of the country changes, every obviously everybody will have to, if, you know, you're no longer the biggest numbers, uh, you know, in demographics, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't have, you can only cling to that, that old power structure for so long. You can gerrymander the heck out of things for a little while, but right. eventually, eventually it's people move, you know, I mean, as it is right now with the pandemic, I wonder how this will change things because a bunch of people just fled New York City yeah. and Chicago and San Francisco mm-hmm. and they moved out to rural areas and they might not have vo- voted this time. Yeah. But they probably will next time. And the people who fled to rural areas, they didn't all fly flee there because they were looking for conservative values. A lot of them fled there because they just want to get the heck away from the confines of a city during yeah. a pandemic. And they'll then say well, you know, I like skiing and mountain biking and hiking and fishing yeah. or whatever it is. Or just and quiet. Yeah. Just and they'll stay quiet. there and then they'll vote the way they want to yeah. vote. And a parking, a parking side, a, 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 a parking spot that's wide enough for the actual car that I drive yes. instead of like, you know, I mean, that's, and that's cities are just. There was a, a, a woman, she's a African-American ultra runner. Mm. And um, I, I, I'm going to have to look up her name for the next time. But uh, she moved from the south up to the northeast. She went up to like Maine or something. Like yeah. That. And she loves it. Oh, yeah. And for a long time, I think you could count on uh, most African-Americans staying in the city, mm-hmm. uh, in the Midwest, maybe in the south, mm-hmm. maybe along the east coast. But they they weren't country folk. But yeah. that's just a short period of time in our history. And they like to ski. And yeah. hike and bike too. Because they're human beings. Yes, they're human beings like and, anybody else. And yeah. they're going to move to yeah. rural areas and they're going to bring whatever opinions they have with them. They are. And, yeah. uh, and cultures. And, yep. I mean, and that's, and it's not just African Americans. It's going to be Hispanics. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, any, any uh, Latino 
culture and uh, women. Women are yeah. are also in rural mm-hmm. areas and they have their opinion too. So it's going to be interesting. I wonder how this is because you can gerrymander things based on what things were like. They're going to gerrymander like, you know, the Republicans gain some seats and, and they're not going to they're going to be able to gerrymander again. Yeah. Based on this most current census. But the demographics across the country will change over time. And eventually you've gerrymandered this bizarro little district, but the population of that district can change. Yeah, well, well, I mean, it's 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 like it's like take um, any sort of mechanical thing, take a car at a certain point, you know. Just because you've you know moved the front bumper to the back bumper because the back bumper fell off and right. and 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 duct taped it together and screwed a log onto the front. I mean, if you've just because you've started to move all of the pieces around and hack it together, that doesn't make it a car. Right. That just makes it a thing that is just dying and it's eventually going to have to die. Right. And this all eventually has to die. That doesn't mean a negative though, because because you know it's it's wrong to say burn it to the ground so we can rebuild it that's wrong but let's but if we're smart and if we think and if we're careful which sadly you probably won't be but right. but if we of are you can like transitions can happen and that don't crush that don't grind up human beings i mean yes. the industrial revolution did not have to grind up human beings we don't have our country doesn't have to grow by grinding up bone but it right. does and it always has yes and we we could you know, I mean, just like you would hope with this pandemic uh, that we would support our small businesses, we'd support yes. people who lost their jobs. And of course, we don't want to because we're afraid that the deficit is going to grow and our national debt will be too large, which it is too large and it's been too large for a long time. Yeah. And that's when we transition from one kind of, you know, uh, economy to another. A lot of people are going to make a lot of money. Yeah. And I am all for the redistribution of some of that money yeah. to support the people who are being left behind. Mm-hmm. Like as we transition away from coal, instead of clinging to coal and then saying we're going to force power plants to stay open and take coal, we need to figure out. I think we already talked about this before. <laughs> we need to figure out a way for the coal miners to yeah. survive and move on into this new economy as well. Progress is in itself the way out. If you accept it, if you allow for it, if you don't let it control you and you control it, and 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 if you look at it for what it truly can be, not what it is all the time, but what it can be, and, and that doesn't mean it's easy and always the smoothest slope, but progress is actually a good thing. Yeah. So, well, anyway, we should probably go yeah. get in the hot tub. <laughs>